to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about the keys, the keys of the kingdom. To the kingdom. And we talked about faith. We talked about love. We, this week we're talking about giving. Mm-hmm. And we've been the last couple of days talking about giving your time, your energy, your effort, all those things. And they are extremely important to be a giver in those areas. We warned everybody yesterday that we are going to talk today about giving your finances. Giving all your resources. Because finances are one of those things that people, the world will tell you the opposite of what God says. And we're going to look at what Malachi has to say. And, and over the last week, we've been talking as we've been talking about giving and the giving of ourselves as an offering and the giving of our finances now as we're going to be talking about it. Pastor it, Richard, before you read that scripture in Malachi, I just want to say this. This is the disclaimer right here. Disclaimer. When we get born again, the scripture says we're not our own. We belong to God. And since we belong to God, the Bible says we're an heir with him and a joint heir with Christ. So God's desire is for us, his children, to see him as our source. Just like with children and parents. My daughter just my morning. paycheck that yeah. I get? No, no. He wants us to see him as a... My daughter's 19 years old. She told me this morning, Dad, I need some gas in my car. And she has an income, but she came to me and said, Dad, I need gas. It's on empty. Expecting me to give her the gas. She sees her dad as her source. And I just use that. God wants us to see him as our source of supply. Because if you see your job as your source, that's what you're going to worship. And if you lose your job, you think you lost your source and, and there's and no we, hope. And we've seen people like that. They lose their job and they think it's all over. But God is still on the throne. He's going to be there when that job leaves, the next one, the next one. His And his word is going to endure forever. And That you, job and, ends. And if you lost all your income, your 401k or all your stock money back in 2008, God's still on the throne. then you thought it was all over. And I, I've heard of people who actually committed suicide over what they lost well, as far as finances went. Well, it's back to them not having God as their source and not being a doer of the word. The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various trials and temptations and tests. Well, obviously they didn't count it all joy. They counted miserable. <laughs> they counted it all death. So with that, we, that's our disclaimer. We want to ignite people's faith on fire and faith is having confidence in God. And God and his word are like wet and water. So, again, we want to encourage you, challenge you to put your faith in God, not faith in job. <laughs> not faith in a job, not faith in your bank account, not faith in anything. 
Not it based is. on your social security check from the government. Mm-hmm. He is our source. He's the source. And, and as I was saying about the book of Malachi, if the book of Malachi is very short, there's only a few chapters in it. If you've never read it, you, you'd say, well, I only like the New Testament. Take time. It won't take long. Read Malachi and read what God has to say about giving. It is not just about giving your money, although that is what we're going to talk about today. It is about giving of yourself and yourself as an offering that's pleasing to God. So if you've never read the book of Malachi, go ahead and read it. But I want to read to you out of chapter 3, verse 8 we begin. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me, God? And this is God speaking. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. That's what I'm talking about. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields and... And the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. And so the world would say to you, spend all of your money on your bills, on your toys, on all the fun that you want to have. And then if you have some money left over, give it to God. And God says, you know what you're doing when you do that? You're robbing me. Mm -hmm. And they said, how do we rob you? He says, because you're not giving your full tithe and offering. And so... He says, test me, give as, as you should, give to me from love, and I will pour out a blessing on you that all of your storehouses will not be able to hold. And basically he says, you have not trusted me as your source. If I say somebody's my Lord, that means owner. He said, we get the term landlord from that. The landlord gets paid the rent. On rent day, do you hold back the landlord's rent? No. You you pay him because he's the owner of that particular property. And I want to go back and kind of dissect this and and drop some revelation. That latter part, verse 11, he says, he said he's going to open up the floodgates or the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing. And we got to understand what a blessing is. And my definition of blessing is empowered to prosper and succeed in life. It's the anointing of God that overrides the curse. Yeah, that's what my definition of the blessing is. So he says, I- I'm going to do that for you. You got that coming if you be obedient and not just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. He says, and then he went further. Not only say, he said, he said, you're going to have so much, it won't be room enough for you to receive it. <laughs> you're going to have so much of my favor, so much of my anointing on your life. We know his goodness and mercy is going to follow us all the life, days of life. But my favor is going to go before you and just produce supernatural increase for you. You got all that coming as you do what I told you to do. See me as your source. And verse 11 says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devourer is, you know, here's how the devourer works. You get your paycheck. I always tell people this. You can live better giving God the 10% and living off the 90 than you can with the whole 100% and robbing God. Right. Yeah, you can live better off the 90% than you can ever do off the whole 100%. Because here's the, the devourer. You get your, when you're robbing God, and this is how it works, something always breaking, the car always breaking down. 
You're always spending money. It's just like you got holes in your pocket. You get it in and it goes out. That's the devourer. And the devourer is exactly what the word means. He's devouring. He's eating up all your increase. <laughs> so when you do it God's way, he says, I'm going to rebuke. Rebuke is referred to as a strong reprimand. <laughs> I'm going to re reprimand the devourer for your sake. Right. So, And that's the promise. Now, back to what Jesus said. Repent and believe the gospel. Do you want to believe this or you want to keep doing it your way? Well, see, the world's going to tell you. And I've had people say this to me. You know, um, I'm going through some hard times and my family said I shouldn't tithe anymore. My what family said? said I shouldn't give my offering because I need that money. And God doesn't say that. God says, don't rob from me. He says, if you give, I will give so much more back that you won't even be able to hold it all. And so... I'm convinced when people say, well, I, I can't afford to give. If you can't afford to give when you're making a little, you can't afford to give ever. Richard, I tell them you can't afford not to give. It reminds me of a joke. <laughs> this guy, go, the pastor had been talking about the tithe is 10%. And the guy said, you know, pastor, can I have a meeting with you? And so he he came in and and they were sitting down and he said, you know, you've been talking about the the 5%, he said last 5%. year, or 10%, excuse me. He says, last year I made $1.5 million, and 10% of that would be $150,000. He says, I can't afford to give $150,000. And the pastor says, do you mind if I pray with you? And the man said, sure. And the, and the pastor starts praying. He says, Lord, help this man to make a lot less money so he can afford to tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's how we think, though. See, if we only make a little, then we think we can't give. If we make a lot, well, we can't give because that'd be way too much. Too much. Well, so if you can't give with a little, you'll never give with a lot. If you can't give with a lot, you would never give with a little. There's, it's either we believe God or we don't. It doesn't mm -hmm. have anything to do with our sight, it doesn't have anything to do with um, what our friends or neighbors might say. It's do we believe God or do we not believe God? And remember, all the commands, the commands aren't grievous. These are commands with a promise. And, and again- Yeah, and this I, will be to our benefit. Right, right, right. But we try to make the commands optional. A command is not optional. I always tell people in the kingdom of God, it's not a democracy. Jesus is king, always. <laughs> we can't vote him out. It's, the things that they're not up for discussion. It's already written. And Jesus said that to Satan. It is written. It's established. So we can't come into the kingdom of God and, and rewrite the rules. We can't do that. We, we'd like to do that because you could do that in a democracy. You can vote on things and change things, but not in the kingdom of God, not in the government of God. It's already established. So he says, get in where you fit in. Just come on in here. But back to the last part of this, verse 12, we missed that. I'm going to go back to 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that... He will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Means you're going to increase. But look at this part, verse 12. And all the nations, nations means ethnos, people groups, will call you what? Blessed. Empowered. Blessed means empowered to prosper and succeed. It's the, the power of God that overrides the curse. He said, people are going to look at you and say, man, how that guy, I mean, he worked at McDonald's. How he got that? Well, that's what happens when... The Lord opens up the windows of heaven for you because you've been obedient and given because you see God as your source, not McDonald's. So you can live better than your boss. I tell people that all the time. You can be better, live better than your boss. All you got to do is be a doer of the word. But look at this part right here. And all nations will call you blessed 
for you will be a delightful land. Says who? The Lord of hosts said that. So that's the promise. God doesn't tell you to do something that's going to hurt you or not benefit you. It's this is, looks like look like I win here. <laughs> right. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Well, see, and and that's where we got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind once again. You know, we say that over and over. Practically every show, one of us quotes that scripture. Because the world, our our original mind is going to say hoard. Our original mind says you got to do all these things first, and if there's any left, then you're going to give. And that's not the mind of God. The mind of God is giving. And so I don't want to get off track, but you know, all this goes back even to every aspect of our life. If you try to hoard anything, you will end up with less of it. That's true. You have to be willing to give. If you try to hoard love, if you try to hoard anything like that, you're going to end up with less of it, not more of it. Try to hoard peace or any of those kind of things. And we talked about that when we talked about that key of forgiveness. If you hold on to unforgiveness Hurts. and don't give it up, God says, I'm not going to forgive you yours. You're not going to get forgiven. And then what happens to us, too, is if you start holding on to hurts and all those kind of things and you don't want to give them up, you're going to get eaten up from the inside probably worse than the person you're holding the grudge against. It basically boils down to this. Father knows best. I'm a father. He knows best. So that's our job as believers, as Christians, is to be imitators of God as dear children. Jesus says, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And we're all a work in progress. We're not saying that we're perfect. We're all learning and growing. And that's, again, that's what this show is designed to do, is to teach you and edify you because we understand that we're all learning and growing. So we got to make corrections in our life. To get to our destination, we have to make corrections. So if you haven't done this in the past, well, it's never too late because God's the God of first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and umpteenth chances. He'll let you get in and make the correction because he's so merciful. And we just want to see... We want to see the body of Christ blessed. We want to see people come into the kingdom. We want to see people reconciled and restored, redeemed back to God. And not only that, then walk in the fullness of fellowship with Jesus. Right. With what, Jesus. Is, what does God say? Not what does the world say? Not what did your parents teach you? Not what your own thoughts were. What does God have to say see, about all And as you things? were saying this about mine, uh, the scripture verse was coming to me. It says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who believe not unless the gospel, the glorious light of the gospel shall shine on them. I mean, unless you get some revelation of the truth, you've been blinded. And we all, we've all been blinded by the God of this world, this world system. That's you're the born devil. into that kind yeah, of you're blindness. Born. So, so <laughs> that's all you had training you was the God of this world. And he used the systems to help program you and train you. Now you come into the kingdom of God. It's t- time to be, transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's time to get retrained, but retrained with the truth because you've been told a big lie most of your life. Uh, remember back to television? Television. You got to be careful what you're watching on television because that's what somebody's trying to do, tell you a vision. But if it ain't the vision from God, you need to, like the scripture says, cast down every imagination, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Back on you. <laughs> so once... Every once in a while, somebody will say, well, you know, the tithe was for the Old Testament. The tithe is not for the New Testament. Ooh. And I tell people, okay, I'll give you that. Let's let's give you that. I don't believe you, but I'll give you right. that. <laughs> Thank you for saying I'll, I don't believe you. I'll give you that. 
but what if that's not the tithe anymore, then really what what they say is God has it all. God wants all my time, not just a seventh of it on Sunday. God wants all my time. God wants all of everything I own. So if the tithe is not real anymore, then God owns it all. Well, sometimes people take the God owns it all as, well, because he owns it all, I can do whatever I want with it. (laughs) And no. So even if you take the tact that the tithe isn't any longer there, God owns it all, well, then give it all to him. Right. Don't keep it all for yourself. Give it all to him. And we just have a really hard time wanting to give it up because money in this world in which we live money has be, has got all out of proportion as to what it really is okay i gotta say something richard uh, just let me say this a lot of people says that tithing was under the law and 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 i'm gonna say that's not true because jesus said man should not live by bread alone but by every word over in genesis and this was god with abraham abraham and melchizedek this was 400 years before the law. Moses brought the law, but the Bible says Abraham gave a tenth of all. He gave it to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was, there was no time of his birth or her death. He said he was like, he was a type of Christ. He was a priest, the priest of the Most High God. Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils to, to him. Abraham was 400 years before the law. Moses brought down the law that talked about, so Abraham... Basically, what I'm saying, Abraham tithes before the law. Right. So, like a lot of people say, well, tithing is under the Old Testament. That was law. Well, no, it wasn't. It was before the law. God just brought it into the New Testament so we can get the benefits of the tithe. But let's let's say that they, they, they were right on that argument, and now God owns it all. Well, then give it all to him. Don't use the excuse that <laughs> God owns it all to where I don't have to give him any. No. And God owns all my time, so I don't have to give him any. God owns all my effort, so I don't have to give him any. No, if, if he really owns it all... Give it all to him. Well, you know what? And God just desires all of us to do our part and to see him as our source. He just said that there may be right. meat. He is our source. But he just said that there may be meat in my house, meaning doing his will. Because in Ecclesiastes, it says money answers all things. And we all know that. Money can answer a lot of problems or it's the solution to some things. And God knew that. That's why he, God must have knew gold was going to be a value because he made it. He must have knew oil was going to have some type of value because he created it. And all our natural resources, trees, water, we even sell water now. God, in all his wisdom, I'm pretty sure he knew that we would be trading those things. (laughs) Some of them would be commodities. We'd be trading them. So he says, I want you guys, since I know people are going to use money, I need you guys to bring it all because the spirit-filled pastor knows that he has a big job to do. I tell people... Getting saved is free, but it costs money to get the gospel out. Yeah, it's free. Salvation is free, but then it costs money to feed the poor, clothe the homeless, build houses, habitat for humanity. It costs money to do the things God told us to do. He said, you feed them, you clothe them, you you build the schools, you do all of this. If we Christians had built the schools, the Bibles wouldn't have got taken out. Yeah, if we'd have built them. (laughs) If we'd have been in charge of the educational system, but we didn't do that. We allowed the God of this world to take over. Now we got no Bibles, but we got Uzis. We got metal detectors. So that's what the money is for. The money is to do God's will. And remember the rich running ruler, he had an issue with trusting God as a source. And Jesus said it. He said, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter? He didn't say enter heaven. He said enter the 
the kingdom of heaven. I mean, he didn't say heaven, but enter the kingdom of heaven, meaning do it God's way. Because that money was his source. He trusted in that. He didn't trust in God. Well, see, and you don't even have to have a lot of money to trust him. Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, I know sometimes... somebody got Social Security, and they, they trust in Social Security more right. than they trust in God. I was with somebody yesterday. They just talking about what they couldn't afford. I was like, well, why don't you do it God's way? Because God can show you how to live better off the 90 than you can ever do off the 100. Right. And, and see, people will say, well, you know, the Bible says it's harder for a rich man to get to heaven than it is for he didn't say heaven. To, to get a camel through the eye of a needle. And they take a lot of pride. Well, see, I'm not rich, so I, I'm not going to be doing any of those. You don't have to be rich to have put your faith, just like you said. You can just, Social Security can be your source, the only source of income, and that's where you put your faith. And your job is where you put your faith. Your 401k is where you put your faith. Mm -hmm. Your stocks that you own is where you put your faith. So we can put our faith in all kinds of things as our source and it not be God. And you don't have to be rich to do it. Well, that's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, he said it real simple. Have faith in God. He just said have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in job, have faith in your government. Have faith in your spouse. He said, have faith in God. And I mean, what do you mean? Trust God. Believe God. He said, I'm going to give you that the word you could of God. lose your job and your, God's still going to see you through. Man, I've lost. I've took some losses over the last years. And I'll tell you, Richard, I haven't lost any weight. God's been supplying. And you're looking at me over here. He's been supplying. Remember, he said that. I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Then he told us in Matthew, I know you have need of all these things. He started mentioning things that we need. To live. He Seek says, ye first. He said, your, your heavenly all father knows added. all these, that you have need of all these things, but I want you to do it my way first, and all these things will be added to you. Well, this is one way of doing his work, bringing all the tithes and offerings. That's his way. Well, see, and we read a verse like, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you, and we don't realize that it ties together it with is. what Malachi is saying. That's the seek, seek ye, ye first. first. <laughs> do what God says. And then all the rest of this stuff will be added to you. And here it is on Seek Ye First. And what's the tithe? The tithe is the first part of your income. Not the last part. When you ain't got nothing left, Lord, I'll give you this tip. No, it's the first part. You put the tithe aside. Lord, this don't belong to me. This belongs to him. And uh, that's the way we have to think. Well, see, and they would bring the first fruits to God. They right. didn't bring the, the, the glean stuff that was at the end of the harvest. Oh, yeah, we got a little bit of stuff out there. Let's see if we can pick that up and give it to God. No, they brought the first fruits Amen. to Amen. God. And so that's what we're supposed to do. Well, well, I'm not a farmer, Pastor Richard. I don't, I don't raise grapes. I don't raise a crop. So I don't have any first fruits. Yes, you do. It's the, the money you make is the fruit of your labor in the society in which we live. And you can bring the first fruits, which is the first part, not the last part, but the first part. Now, you say, well, I've never done that before. I've never been able to do that before. I've never thought about doing that before. As you said earlier, it's never too late to start. Now, never. today is the day, right? <laughs> today is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And to rejoice and be glad in it can be that I'm going to do what God says starting today. And there's another scripture say, in the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Right. So now so today, you, maybe this is the first time you ever thought here like Here it this. is right here. And, and if you're listening, I'm pretty sure this is the divine 
uh, encounter, not a divine encounter. It, it was it was divine that you be listening to this broadcast because God wants get people to get the truth, and he'll he'll set up situations and circumstances for you to get it because he's not one to have anyone to perish. God wants us to have that life that Jesus said, that life and life more abundantly. And the only way that we're going to live an abundant life is we do it the kingdom way because we're in the kingdom now. I, I just, yeah, we just, and we have to be transformed by renewing our mind. This is who we are now. So we got to do it God's way and not lean to our own understanding, not allow that world programming to dominate. We got to, Jesus said, every plant that my father hasn't planted will be uprooted. A lot of things we believe wasn't necessarily true. And God's desire is to uproot them. And he's going to use people like us, the five-fold ministry, as part of the uprooting process. And your job is to sit there and allow the surgery to go on. It's going to be painful, but you got to sit there until we sew you up. <laughs> well, you know, there's somebody listening right now probably who's the first time they ever listened to the show going, man, it's just another radio and TV no, Preacher, this is not that. Talking about money. That's all they ever talk about. All they want, they want you to give them their money. That's all they care about. And boy, that's just another couple of them on the radio. No, anybody that's listened to the show regular knows we've talked about a whole lot of stuff other than finances. But you can't skate around it because one of the things that Jesus talked about the most was our finances. Because he knew that you cannot worship both God and money. If you're going to love one and hate the other one. And so if most of your life, even if it was subconscious, you have worshipped your money, you won't be able to truly worship God. And what we're talking about here is that we're going to worship God and not our money. Jesus talked over and over and over about where your heart is, that's where your treasure, or where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Going and, to that scripture. and that's what happens to us. If if our money becomes the most important thing in our life, that's where we're going to put all of our emphasis. He says, seek me first. Put your emphasis on me. Put your heart on me. Put your desire on me. And all the rest of this stuff, I'll just add that on. And uh, I like what Jesus said in Mark 10, 29. And he was talking about, this was after the encounter with the rich young ruler. And Peter began to say to him, verse 28, see, we have left all and followed you, meaning we're doing it your way. And look look what at Je all we've given up. Yeah, but look what Jesus replied. So Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake who will not receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. So, so they, anyway, didn't, they didn't give anything up. They no, 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 no. Well, right now we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And uh, just remember, as you go forth through the week, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.